digging into what it takes to start an airsoft site and also some of the the highs and lows of running one from the newest site in kent stay tuned it is time for airsoft radio Hey everybody, welcome to Airsoft Radio, your weekly Airsoft show discussing all things Airsoft, whether it's news, opinions, or just general discussions. I'm your host, Graham from Airsoft Nation, and here with me, as always, are my two co-hosts. We have Platoon Jim. Hello. And of course, Sarah, aka Tataquin. Hello. There. Hello. And our special guest this evening for episode 14 of Airsoft Radio is one half of Reaper Operations. The newest site in Kent is Alex. Welcome Hello. to the show. If it is your first time joining in, I should just say welcome to the show. We're live every Monday from 8 p.m. And if you're watching, whether it's Facebook or YouTube, please feel free to jump into the comments, say hello, or even share your opinions on the conversation. And until then, Alex, just want to, for anyone who's not aware of who you are or what Reaper Ops is, can you just give a very brief introduction before we find out what everyone's been up to? Very brief. So, Reaper Ops Airsoft, uh, one of the newest CQB sites in the southeast, um, only started up this year. Uh, do trying to do something different and so far succeeding, it seems. Uh, so, we've run a little site called The Fort uh, down in Kent, uh, like really small. Sarah's been there, she can testify, it is small, but um, yeah, That's so far going slow. <laughs> Yeah, uh, to be fair, I mean, since we've started the show, I think it's near about every other week one of us have been speaking about the site. So uh, it's definitely been one that I've enjoyed going to uh, over the last couple of months, that's for sure. And we're definitely going to dig into that because, like as you say, it is, it's it's kind of weird. It's like a small site, but it's not really when you start considering the terrain differences uh, and the variation of tunnels and stuff. There's a, I think there's a lot of scope with it. Oh, for sure. And, like, generally, certainly if you look, Back at the basics of paintball, I think most of us have played paintball at some point. I know it is sort of a dirty word. What you get there generally is... Massive site with different game zones and the variance that you get there, so you get whole day's players, you're going to go and play a game at this game zone, then that's game zone, and that game zone, and that's how you get your variety. Mm. And certainly airsoft games have that to a certain extent albeit with different objectives. We're limited in that we have the one game zone, which is the fort itself. There are other areas which we can move into, but for the moment, we've only got that at its core. So obviously on top of all the hardships that you would normally have on an airsoft site, we've got to go, crap, we, you know, we need to fill the whole day with this one area, what can we do? So it's really forced us to come up with so many different scenarios and objectives and different things we can do to keep it fresh. And so far it's going quite well. Like yeah. we, we had our first game in January, and we're sort of six months in now and we've been doing one or two games a month and although we're launched it still for me feels like we're in the beta stage because we're still trying new things and moving cover and realizing that you know that spawn doesn't work etc um but the feedback we've been getting has been incredible like for me i played at a lot of sites over the southeast and i can tell you know the, the fort is a good site i'm slightly biased but it's a good site but some of the people that have been coming back even on like the first game were saying that it's the best site they've ever been to which 
is incredible to hear. And, you know, if this is it at the early stage, hopefully it will continue, really. Absolutely. No, it's, it's awesome news. And I say I had a thoroughly good time. We'll definitely dig into that. Before we do, though, let's find out what everyone has been up to and then also say hello to people in the comments. Sarah, where were you this week? Um, well, I was at that little place in Dover, which I've probably mentioned a million times. I won't say the name. <laughs> <It's very laughs> um, but Such yeah, I believe he was voted best marshal in Airsoft, I believe. Big up to uh, Boomer out there. Oh, was he? Oh, brilliant. <laughs> there was yeah. a, lot of, a lot of votes going his way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely vouch for that. But no, um, it, it's, it makes a difference when you get a whole group of people that are really enthusiastic. Um, we had a, a, an oil barrel game where, you know, one team, one side, one team, the other, first one to grab the oil barrel and bring it back was the winner. I think we'd done it in literally 10 seconds. <laughs> so it was, it was just getting a plan together before you went out, which doesn't happen very often. Everyone just does their own thing quite often. But uh, no, it was, um, they were trying to find ways to make it harder. Should we have two barrels? Should we make it heavy? <laughs> but no. You, you, know you're doing, you know you're doing well when the marshals come back and sort of go, right, we're going to move your spawn back just a little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you can't use that door anymore, sorry. Yes. Yeah, I think the, the guy that grabbed the barrel, the hysterical girly screaming just was the icing on top of the cake, really, <laughs> as he was running with it. Airsoft's never serious. <laughs> Sounds like you had more organisation than I did at last week's battle, Tim, that's for sure. <laughs> Tim, what have you been up to, how? Well, living the dream, clearly. Um, I say dream, might be a nightmare, not sure. Um, <laughs> well, when I'm avoiding my many trolls, um, then, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a quiet week. I took Sunday off. I had nothing to do with Airsoft. I switched social media off for the day. Um, and it was awesome. Um, fuck ass off the mount. I'm done. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, uh, yeah, it's not quite quite one, but um, got a project that I'm working on at the moment that's non airsoft related that's taking up way too much of my time, so it's uh, it's difficult, but um, hopefully, gonna change that next weekend. Very cool, and looking forward to it. Uh, you got any more Milsims planned? Obviously, you just came off one. Weekend. Oh, is it next weekend? Yeah, yeah, down at um, SEO, uh, oh, Stroke Bush Valley, um, Operation Excalibur. So it should be a, should be. I've got no idea what I'm doing. I'm just turning up and being pointed in a direction. So season vet at this point, surely. <laughs> I'm just fed up with being like, and it's nothing against um, any of the people that run a the events that have asked me to to do stuff um but i just i've really stopped enjoying being the um all right you're going to head up that faction we're all going to do that yeah. because it's just like people don't fucking listen <laughs> <laughs> everyone turns up and wants to do their own bloody thing and just you know they, the, the good idea fairies are rife um and i just wouldn't mind doing a couple more events this year where i can just switch my brain off and just enjoy it for a change so yeah well, but then again, I am the granddad of airsoft. Before <laughs> I know you're all itching to. Why did you beat me to the punchline? Uh, <laughs> just because I like to piss all over your jam sandwiches. I'm sure you have a good time with your Zimmer frame in the command post there. Absolutely. <laughs> Don't be ageist. What have I told you? Um, <laughs> 
Alex, were you playing at all this week? I know you do a lot of playing, or when you can. Absolutely. Uh, it's kind of hard to balance it with work, but I try to get out where I can. Uh, so this weekend, just gone on this Saturday, I went to UCAP's newest site, which is UCAP Valiant. Um, they've pretty much got the monopoly on prison sites at the moment, and Valiant <laughs> is the newest one down at Dorchester. Uh, it's their smallest one as well. Um, but it's absolutely amazing. I think but the, it's an amazing site, and I, I played at Redemption before their other one, and it was... I found it quite difficult to play because it's very, um, it all leads into the sense that you end up with quite a lot of stalemates, but Valiant, because it's sort of so many different multi-buildings, it is absolutely wonderful, so fluid. And because they've got the three prisons and they're trying to distinguish them, the uh, the Valiant one's the sort of the more tactical one. So it's not a mill sim, it's not a battle sim, but it, it's definitely geared towards players that enjoy that sort of thing, that want to go throughout for a skirmish on the weekend. And it's... Um, because it was one of the first games down there, there were only 22 of us, 11 aside, this whole prison wow. site, and you'd be like, you'd be sort of roaming, trying to find an objective, and having to go cell by cell by cell, floor by floor in this whole block. You'd go the whole block, not find anyone, step out the back door, and then run into an enemy patrol and it, it fight this isolated fight. And it was so wonderful to play. Um, and I definitely recommend it to anyone that's considering the trip. It's down in Dorchester, so if you go to their other sites, it is a little bit further, but. It's definitely worth it, and um, yeah, it's wonderful. And also, I, it's indoors, so I don't have to put sun cream on, which is always. <laughs> I will be. I was looking at the weekend uh, on Sunday night. The amount of posts went up to UK airsoft community it was like, "Who got burnt today?" And there's just tan marks and burnt marks and rather lobstered people who thought it'd be a great idea to run in a tank top for the day. Uh, maybe not the best for some of the some of the sites, that's for sure. No, but, I, I definitely know my limitations. So. <laughs> But this is like a proper prison. I know like the jail's a prison, um, but it doesn't feel the same way that this does in terms of you've got the railings, you've got kind of got the main wings as such, right? Yes. So the, the way Andy from UK described it was um, most, I mean, all the prisons they've got, they've got them because they're going to get be redeveloped in the sort of yep. coming months or years and they've only got them in the interim. Um, certainly Redemption, I think Gloucester as well, they've been hard stripped. So although you've got, the physical structure of the prison, all the doors have been taken off, all the beds are out, anything physical in, in there has been taken out, except for what UCAP have put back in as cover. Whereas Valiant, because it's very fresh, it hasn't been stripped yet. So every single cell has got a bed in it and it's got the cabinets. Um, there's a photo I put in the UK Airsoft community group, which I took in the prison chapel, which, because it's not been stripped yet, it's still got an organ, you know, there's Bibles on the side and that sort of thing. The picture is of me playing the organ badly, I would point out, but I mean, it was kind of hard to pass out the opportunity, but it, it's certainly having that natural cover and all those things that are make a prison a prison, it really makes it so much more immersive. And because it's separate buildings, you've got to sort of, rather than just going down a wing, which can be quite difficult, you've got buildings with multiple entry points, uh, roof space, basements, all these different ways to get around site, and it's really quite good. That's cool. I think they've done amazing work in the last year. The growth has been absolutely insane from UCAP. Jim, you've been to Redemption, right? Yes. You went there a few times, didn't you? Yeah, it's a great site. I think it's um, it's a lot of fun. We, we did just like a pistols night down there, um, which was a six-hour round trip, but well worth it. Um, we did it just one Monday night because we just sort of decided we're going to go. And to be honest, that has probably been the one of the most fun games I've played in ages. But... Um, Redemption's been played a few different ways, and the last time I was down there, Andy did open the outside up a little bit so that you could actually assault from from the outside of the prison in rather than just having to sort of start at one end. 
um, yeah. and uh, made it a lot more interesting. And it was um, there's never a bad UCAP site. They've all been really, really good. Um, even Green Ops, which is my least favourite, um, still uh, still a really good site, well run. So yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I, I got down to the bunker for the first time, I think, a few weeks ago. And for me, I live uh, near Epsom, so Epsom Tunnels used to be my favourite site. And I've just discovered the bunker now. I don't know why it's taking so long. And it's almost like the same thing. And it's just. Uh, say, it's very similar, isn't it? And it's full of <laughs> indoors as well, which is awesome. <laughs> is the bunker in Portsmouth? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I have played at that one <laughs> a few well, years I... back now, once in the snow. <laughs> What I quite like they do with the full auto rule, because it is quite polarising, certainly in CQB, because some people love it, but unfortunately a lot of the time you can't trust air softeners with, with tools like that, because it just gets a bit messy. So I think we all know the, the old adage that after lunch, generally people get a little bit more grouchy at game sites. So they, they will do full auto in the morning and then semi after lunch, which is quite good. So you get the two different styles of play. Like if you want to run a limited gas, like a gas gun, which has got limited ammo, you could do that in the afternoon and run an AAG in the morning. That way you don't inconvenience yourself. But I think it balances it quite well. It's an idea I'd like to see done perhaps more places. Yeah, I, I don't know how I feel about full auto and CQB sites. And again, I've played at full auto at sites. But ever, ever given the choice, I always go, right, let's go semi only. I think it's not so much the pain that's not so much the problem it's just trusting other airsofters nearby because people are so itchy on those triggers it's not they're not even identifying who you are before they're pulling the trigger yeah i think it definitely does um depend on the player base as to whether it's something you can do or not i mean we did that at the did anyone play at the boat jim did you ever get to the boat no i not before it sank no, no. <laughs> <laughs> are you telling me you got to it after it sank you're there in scuba diving with you i've got well, a gas blow back it works here <laughs> I, I turned up just forgot my flippers that was all <laughs> uh, if, if no. i may on the topic of gas blowback this is a recent addition to the collection here which came up for the first time at the prison just gone now the uh, we Gas blowback A3. That's a, um, a little bit of classic, classic UK history, I think, here. I and if, you, if you're wondering whether you can do that in case slap, you, you absolutely can. <laughs> <laughs> that is really nice. I like that. How so have you found running gas blowback? Uh, your, um, can I demonstrate, if I, if I may? Yeah, your, absolutely. <sighs> Your, your hopes and dreams go in somewhere around here, and then your bitter, bitter disappointment comes out about here. <laughs> um, but that said, it, 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 did, it did work well, um, but because it's brand new, like I needed to set up the MPAS and stuff and get the FPS right. So there was definitely some teething issues, but um, once you moved past that, it was very rewarding. I mean, obviously, they're, they're sort of limited to the, the games where you can deal with the ammo limitation and you know, the, the issues you have running a gas system and certainly Valiant is somewhere where you can get away with it. But I don't think I'll be taking it to a, a woodland site anytime soon. I suppose you've got a, a good two weeks of sun for airsoft for a gas blowback, right? It's, you should get away with it for a week. <laughs> no, though. we've had summer. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm have a long time training tonight and that is the end of it. Gloom <laughs> <laughs> and gloom is coming. Abandoned yeah. airsoft. <laughs> <laughs> I hear paintball is good this time of year. Abandoned life. Abandoned. <laughs> <laughs> That's all for Radio. We'll see you next week. 
let's get another guest. <laughs> <laughs> and to our final viewer, we're sorry. I was going to say, uh, <laughs> at some point, we will be getting Harry back on the show, a, uh, a very vocal speed softer who's recently taken up paintballing as the competitive side because there's simply not enough competitions in the speed soft environment. And uh, he's loving life. I'm not sure I, I'd agree with my wallet, but... <laughs> I mean, I, I know. I, I apologise. I brought it, mentioned it already. I, I like. I used to be a massive paintballer. Went around the UK doing events, and, and it oh, is wow. a wonderful sport. And a lot of the time, I know airsoft is like this. Is it's this horrible other thing? You know, it, there's this us and them mentality. I mean, it, it's a brilliant game. It is a very different game, though. And there's sort of I'm playing airsoft for a reason. Mainly, it's a hell of a lot cheaper, and uh, there's a, a lot more you can do with it in terms of scenarios. But it is definitely, you know, get the right paintball game. And I promise you, it's not too bad. No, I mean I've played so I've played paintball three or four times over the years. It's your typical stag do um, or birthday party bash on that front. But if you've done paintball events, what's your thoughts on the magfed stuff? Because to me, that's when it, airsoft and paintball become very similar. I think mag magfed is paintball's attempt to do airsoft at a simple level. Um, I so I sort of transitioned over about six or seven years ago. So I left paintball sort of around the time when magfed was starting to come into fruition so right. i've i've not played magfed i'm aware of it and i know a lot of people who do it and it's um certainly paintball has an issue which i is actually sort of something we're starting to see in airsoft now in that um paintball markers if you've ever been to like a game where you turn up and you play for a stag or whatever you get a very basic paintball marker you pull the trigger and it goes bang it's a mechanical yeah. marker um they developed electronic markers about sort of 15 years ago and it, it really went from there and the speeds got faster and faster and faster and there are now sort of paintball guns out there which will do the same sort of speed as dsg airsoft guns where you get into ridiculous <coughs> rates um so they put a cap in and they said 15 balls per minute uh balls per minute that'd be really bad balls per second and then it's actually been coming down and there's been more and more drive to make it slower and slower and slower because this the extreme speed you could fire at and the amount of ammo you could carry was just making it sort of a game of who can fire the fastest and the furthest mm. and it was really taken away from gameplay so magfed is also it's not really an offshoot but it's also tied into that because it's players that are trying to get away from the standard game where you've got people just firing all day and not really playing properly and swapping to players where you know they're actually watching their own and playing a proper game and we're, we're starting to see it in airsoft a little bit with more you know dsg builds being come you know being cheaper and more achievable and um We've not got to the point yet where we've had to get you know sites happen to step in and say you know a limit on how many or you know how fast your fire rate can be but with the way things like polar star hpa and um, dsg are going I, I wonder whether it will be particularly long before maybe we do start to see that in airsoft because all of those systems have got the ability to regulate well your, i mean um, your speed and it is starting to come up that a lot of times you go to sites and you were just getting blitzed at a ridiculous rate and there is sort of some uh appetite out there for uh, a limit in some ways uh, what would be your thoughts on it i would say i know at least five sites that already have rate of fire limits um alpha 55 being one of the first i knew when the tipman came out on hpa and the tipman itself it doesn't particularly have a high rate of fire but at that time they were seeing an increase of HPA at their site. And again, as you say, the ease of use of being able to switch up the rate of fire just wasn't doing good for them. Their, their player base, their players, they've got a lot of new players coming in. But like, like you say, the last thing they need to do is be lit up at, you know, 30, 40 uh, BBs a second. But in paintball, if you were doing that in paintball, you might as well just throw your wallet at someone. It's who's got the biggest wallet at that point, surely. <laughs> <laughs> that was the other side of paintball. I mean, the, the cost, I mean, 
ASOS, I'm not saying ASOS cheap. It, it, ASOS can be as cheap as you want it to be. If you want to spend 150 quid on kit, you, you're done. Or if you want to spend 3,000 pounds on some really Gucci stuff, like some of yeah. us have, I'm sure you, you can. But if paintball, just the ongoing cost of paintballs, even at trade rates where you're paying, you know, 25, 30 pounds for 2,000 rounds, is just it is insane. Yeah. I, yeah i think so let's let's have a little poll here and guys if you are watching live or on the replay feel free to leave a comment here should sites have a rate of fire limit because this will be an interesting one um and as if a player, so, what yeah how yeah how far do you go with that limit uh, i'll go first because i know this is going to cause controversy anyway and jim's already pretty, pretty pretty much going oh why are we doing this already on the show um <laughs> I think we should have a rate of fire limit and I think it should be below 30. I'm actually thinking more mid twenties for me. 26 is around about that limit. I think for me, from what I've seen and what other sites I've seen have been implemented, I still a pretty high rate of fire in my eyes, but. Uh, why, why is that Graham though? What, what's your reasoning behind that? I mean, I think there's a level of that realism in terms of a, a lower rate of fire. I also think it will make players appreciate and be a bit more respectful for each other because i think the worst thing for tempers flaring up is someone who's got 60 rounds a second 50 rounds a second mm. and he's just hell-bent on getting someone until they cry out their hit rather than giving them a second to actually react to the hit it's the same way that i've said that i don't think we should have high caps i think we should switch down to mid caps and we're starting to see now that mid caps are at a higher capacity of your 200 round mid caps i think at this point we should just go Get rid of the high caps, mid caps only. We're all here for airsoft. We're not playing paintball. We should be reloading. Um, but it also does give you that little bit of realism as to what we wanted and stops the the overkill. But I know there's going to be a lot of people that hate that because, again, drum mags are a thing. <laughs> they are. I mean, I, my opinion on it is, I mean, it's subjective, isn't it? Everyone wants to play, everyone wants to play a different style of airsoft. For me, I like, if I could, I would have a limit uh, like, would it be worth? We'll have a limit, sort of, at what the top of realism is. So, like, a, a rate of fire that's, you know, around the top end of what real guns can actually do, which, you know, sort of thirty, like you said, or just below thirty, is a limit of I think what's reasonable. Certainly, anything more than that is is just overkill. In terms of ammo limits, I, I don't run high, high caps anymore. Like you said, there's there's some mid caps out there that are so good now. I, I've got some of the. Um, Socon gear ones that are 190 rounds. I mean, you yeah. don't even need high caps at that point. Um, also known as bitch maracas, I'm reliably informed. <laughs> but why, why is this there? This thing about making things as real as possible. At the end of the day, it is a game. That's it. Yeah. If you, you know, um, so does it matter how how fast you can, how many are coming out a second? Does it matter? Maybe to the crazy ones. I don't know. I would say, so, Maybe to so the people that you... can't control themselves. <laughs> Maybe to the people who can't aim properly. I don't know. Accuracy free volume. I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters if you can fire 100 a second or one a second, as long as you can hit someone and have a good aim. So, so would you put a limit on there? Or would you say no? It's up no, to the user. Fuck it. Ooh. You know, it's people. Uh, it's it's, it's, it's down to people's control. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't got one yet. I haven't got one yet. But I just think it's down to personal responsibility. At the end of the day, I got shot in the back of the head almost point blank by someone who, you know, 
well, he was very sorry about it. But at the end of the day, he was only there was only one BB and it hurt like fuck. So <laughs> what difference does it matter how many? We've got a 40 mic that can hit you with that. How many BBs? I don't know. Loads in, in a second. So well, I don't we know. really are going for like the trifecta. Yeah. People off tonight, aren't we? I'm going to piss everyone off tonight. But I don't know. That's just my point of view on it. It doesn't but matter to me. Th that's like the argument that the 40 mic can do 20,000 in a minute. And it's like, but you can't. You can only do 150 in 0.3 of a second. There isn't a real number out. But talking volume. Jim, you've been quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I think you need to say, talking volume, here's a load of shit coming up. <laughs> well, that may, that may well be indeed what happens here. So, um, Thank Jim, you, go, Thank go for you. it. <laughs> um, uh, no, do you know what? I, I, I listen to this argument day in, day out, and HPA shit. I can't stand sniper rifles. Get an M4 and a Glock. <laughs> Shut up everything else and just play the fucking game. Um, so yeah, there we go. Someone will no doubt will edit that into a sound bite and make <laughs> a bigger prick than I already am, but I don't really care anymore. Yeah. All right. Would, would you I put think... a rate of fire limit on for skirmishing? Because I know that you've got a different opinion about Milsim and skirmish, because we've had this chat before. Yeah. Um I think to the point like just keep it sensible. I mean, you could argue the toss of like, oh well, if if you make it, you know. 23 rounds a second then and mine fires 24 rounds a second am i that much more dangerous and then someone ups the limit to 24 and whatever number you set someone will always try and push the limit on it we've seen it with fps yeah um you know i mean again i remember when it was like everyone had to keep to 330 and, and then that got pushed up to 350 and now people are saying well as long as it's under 360 or 370 it's fine and it's, yeah, it's 374 and below it's fine yeah and, and, and so i think it's a it's a very sliding scale i just think there should be a dickhead tax that you have to pay when you're booking for an event if you've got a box <laughs> mag and a high rate of fire you should have to pay more because marshals will have to marshal you more. And I don't know if Alex would agree with this, probably not. <laughs> it's not the best business sense in the world, but I just kind of feel like there are those people that, that rock up to these events with box mags and all, all that sort of stuff, because they want a tactical edge. Um, and, you know, they don't want to walk back to respawn and they want to stay in there a, a bit longer. And some people just want to hose people until they cry on the floor in pain. <laughs> um, and, you know, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. But, you know, I think people should charge them more money for it, you know. Well, we've just banned boxing drum bags. Oh, well, for realism purposes, more so for game purposes or gameplay purposes. Yeah, I mean, you're not the only site to do that. And I remember when UCAP, um, which we were supposed to originally had this whole thing like no box mags on M4s, no two tones. And when they put that rule out there, so many people were outraged. Um, but now it's quite a common situation of like, no, we're not doing box mags on M4s. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. And yeah, um, if I could jump in, I'm just yeah. going back slightly on what I said. If it's a genuine support weapon, it's fine. But like, yeah. you see people running like the Firehawks and the ARP9s and these tiny M4 platforms just going, yeah, we'll just have this massive drum mag. It's all just so silly. We're fine. A six mil. The way, the way I see, <laughs> the way I see, is not how many you you know how much you can shoot. If you've got a big drum mag, you can clearly stay out all day. You don't even have to come back to the safe zone to reload. Job done. Maybe there should be. Maybe we should have a drum mag as a cooldown. You know, after thirty rounds, it just stops working for a minute. Just as this is like that that timer. We're like there we go. <laughs> Well, the, the, issue. The, the irony to all of it is those people that tend to run their guns at the 
the edge all the time, and especially HPA users. I do love how they, they try and tell me that HPA is so brilliant. And, yeah, if I wanted a gun that I spend more time in the safe zone fixing, then I'd be cheating. <laughs> and, and when you're standing there with your AIP9 box mag and you've overwound it and broken it, and that doesn't work either, and then you start <laughs> pissing and moaning that the mid caps don't work and blah, blah, blah. Um, I just think it's funny because it's like eventually they'll all just break and no one will give a shit anyway. So. <laughs> They're all crap. I will say there's, there's no so skill many, in it. There's no there's skill so many in... people who disagree with that statement for sure. And I know there's just a few in the comment section. So I just want to highlight a few of the comments coming in. Guys, feel free to join in with the conversation. I know it's getting pretty crazy already. Uh, Sean Fletcher's in the house. Uh, good friend, Sean. Stop saying the P word. <laughs> I think that one uh, is, is on for Alex, for sure. Uh, Richie's there from the Heresy Group. He's saying that skirmishing, there should be low limits, milsim, there should be. And again, I, I kind of agree in that respect. I think, you know, drum mags work fine on support guns. But uh, that's uh, a good input there. We've got Pete Lone Wolf's uh, gunnies here as well. He tunes in every week. Great to see you again, pal. Uh, who else we've got here? Kev's joining in saying 30 rounds a second should be max. And that he's recently gone to mid caps and it's much more fun. The only issue he's got is the ARP9 that has a drum mag on because the other mags are uh, not particularly good. And that is obviously some of the issue with these smaller carbine style rifles are the drum mags seem to be the best performing mags out there. And I think that's going to be an issue if any sites were to restrict that. Because I presume it's the same thing with you guys. I know you've got a few ARP9 users that go to reprops. Um, yes, uh, there were some people that were a little bit upset initially. It's understandable. Like if you invest money in the system and then we sort of take away the ability, like probably all the people that bought the 40 might thinking this is brilliant, and then realised that every pretty much every site went no, 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 no. Um, yeah, it's. I think people were begrudging about it, but it, I think it's understandable and certainly. The vast majority of people are like, yeah, I can see why that's happened. Certainly for us, I think it, it does very much depend not on whether it's just Milsim or Skirmish, but the type of Skirmish. It's like if you're playing at a big woodland site, you know, people are firing far and fast anyway. Yeah. You know, when you come towards CQB like us and those urban sites, uh, I think those limitations there certainly have much more of a place. Um, yeah. Which is what we've done it. Like if we had a woodland site uh, or we were playing at a woodland site, I wouldn't put that drum mag restriction on is purely just because of the site it is and we're trying to push more the you know the use of tactics and you know being clever with what you're doing rather than um spray and praying yeah not I mean, that yeah. i'm saying anyone who uses one is spraying <laughs> and praying as sarah quite rightly said a lot of the time it's just ease because uh, you don't have to reload or, or you know they feed well but um we're sort of you know trying to push things in the direction a little bit more of not necessarily realism but trying to you know, because there's so much variance in airsoft guns. You have someone with a it's ninety pounds G thirty six, like yep. we've all had at some point when used as a rental gun, versus someone with things like you know the you know thousands of pounds invested on a system. Uh, generally, if you're shooting a distance or, or or free volume, one person will demolish the other, and it's pretty obvious who will. But when you take away those enhancements and make it more about how you're playing, it's a much more of an equaliser and. Um, does anyone want to tell me it's not satisfying to see a HPA wizard, a super serious Milsim player, uh, both get destroyed by a, uh, a rental player? The rental player. Because that is just the best thing. <laughs> I think it's satisfying to watch any like newbie hand someone that's experienced their ass. I think that's, yeah. like, it's happened to me. Bro. 
stood there and just got shot by a kid with a Springer shotgun and was just like, oh, <laughs> fuck. But then, you know, again, it's just a just a game. But, I mean, I think if you're going to run a box mag and, like, if sites say, all right, you can have a box mag, then you should only be allowed to use single shot or three-round burst on it. Like, there's got to be a compromise somewhere. So have all the ammo you want and no reloading, but you can only have single shot. Yeah, that's fine. I'm out with that. I mean, that, that would, yeah, I mean, if you could trust sandwich, it, that would work. <laughs> that, 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 I suppose that would work, yeah. Again, especially for these CQB sites. Just whether, again, support guns, a lot of them don't have single shot. Um, but then, I mean, that, I've seen support guns. I mean, you say, like, oh, box mags on support guns is all right. They can still be misused. I've still seen people, you know, wander around firing at the hip with a with a box mag, the finger on the trigger until it breaks or... Or mini guns, they're the other fucking stupid thing in airsoft that needs to be <laughs> I think that the summary of this discussion is is give that man oh, that side, give that man a, a version one TM for mass and he will just be happy. Oh, oh Back to you, basics. You're, you're just trying to offend me, FAMASSES. Oh, I feel a bit queasy. Um, no, just everyone should have M4s and Glocks and just be grateful for it. <laughs> We don't need any other guns. Just stick to that. Everyone's equal that way. Everyone's equally as worthless. And <laughs> I can't even see what that one is. Is that an AK? It is an AK. See, it's oh. a much better platform to work on. Okay. Look at that. Are you sure it's an AK because it, it looks a bit. Yeah, sending the rest of it by post. Is it a part in July, you get your stock, or, or... So this was bought. This was bought for the other half because she found the M4 too heavy. So I brought this, but I, I'll be honest, she played twice, and then it just became mine. And it's a cracking little gun. But since all of the love for M4s, I was like, nope, I need to bring out something for the uh, the AKs. So there we go. That's my little Russian gunslinger AK. Fantastic! I bet he's got a box mag for it. <laughs> no, I've never seen anything like that. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it is. Fucking AK had a baby. <laughs> yeah, it's a Jin Gong rifle that uh, the gunslinger. I believe he's just gunslinger. If you search gunslinger airsoft, he modifies, makes them shorter and smaller and as compact. And obviously, being an AK, the battery goes on top, so you don't have an issue like you would with most M4s of requiring a pet box. Cracking little gun. So I thought I'd bring that one out. Every and uh, a few few people already commenting about Warhammer. <laughs> Warhammer. It was it wasn't the intention, but it does look somewhat like a bolt rifle once you put the mag in there. Um, but yeah, um, no, I think I think you're right. I mean, support guns can definitely be abused. I just think less people have them, and that was interesting. You said about the minigun. Beyond that first month, I haven't seen anybody use these miniguns. Like I'll see it at NAE or NAF. You'll see there'll be a one guy with them for sure. Um, has anyone even seen them on sites? I hardly see any of them, I've, if I've, any of them. I've seen Never it seen one. one. I, I've seen it once, and everyone got so pissed off. off. Almost after the first game, half of people went home. <laughs> they had enough. One guy got shot in the throat, and he was like, that's it, I'm out. <laughs> he had it. He's, he had, had enough. He just it was it just wasn't fair. It didn't make the game fair. It would have been better if there had been two mini guns and, said like, and half the time I think he was trimming the edges with it, you know. <laughs> so he's yeah. like, got to come with a roll. If you've got a mini gun, you've just got to hold it down and just go around in circles, surely. Yeah, that is basically what he was doing. It was ridiculous. Um but no, that's the only time I've ever seen it. Since then I haven't seen one. 
Yeah, it's like the AA12. All the talk about the AA12 being those, like, overpowered and everyone saying how crazy they were going to be. But in actual fact, I've seen a handful across the sites. Um, we are literally they work. every shit gun there is tonight, aren't we? I don't know. I, <laughs> I actually really like them, but they just don't seem to work for long. <laughs> I am... Um... Our friendship is being tested. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I left that one up there. The, the, the M4 there for you, Jim, just after don't, last week's show. Don't, don't think I've been noticed. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I will say there are a lot of people there uh, talking about also the Classic Army DT4. Has anyone actually been on a site with one of those yet? Which is obviously the double the double M4, essentially. So two gearboxes. No, it get, I think they had so much hype when they first came out or for first being shown off. They almost took like a year before they were released. And that was like um, all those double pistols that were out. There was that, that fad a year or so ago of, of the, you know, the double pistols with the double... Double 1911s, yeah. It's just like yeah. double the shit, double the disappointment, double the price. It's <laughs> one of my local sites has a, a cabinet full of them. And every time I go in, I look at them and think, surely no one would actually... Surely no one's actually <laughs> going to do that. Because that, again, I've never seen one other than in the shop. It's because they've got no way to hold it. It becomes a wall hanger at home. There's no way you, it's not like you can hold a holster for a double, surely. So at the end of the day, you're going to, maybe some CQB sites. But I think even at that point, it's like you, you've got to be more disadvantaged for, at that point anyway. WE clearly ran out of ideas because it seemed to be all WE broke pistols at that point, didn't it? I think I just made too many mags and I had someone in the workshop that was like, I can, I can weld two of them together and, uh, and we'll sell twice as many. <laughs> My thoughts was it, how do you chrono it? Because you've only got the circle, haven't you? So how does that Definitely work? The <laughs> Paul Marshall holding the chrono. Without holding the chrono. <laughs> just put your finger in front of it to catch the one pellet and then one will go through. <laughs> That's your sacrifice of buying a stupid pistol. You put your hand there. <laughs> um, the thing is, the DT4, you can, I suppose you just load one mag, but I think the double mags, yeah, they must do the same, wouldn't you? You'd have to load each side. I've never actually even looked at the magazines on those front. But, uh, Nor should you. Um, no, definitely not. Discourage anyone from ever buying one or looking at one. It was a stupid <laughs> idea. And, and it in no way helps the gameplay whatsoever. <laughs> and if you're out there and you've got a gun with two barrels like one of those just go away lock yourself in the cupboard <laughs> the photos to james that that's a radio.co.uk <laughs> just get spammed of all these he's joined my troll fan page <laughs> talk Is about it, it in the next meeting um wasn't Novridge talking about it on one of his recent videos? He was talking about a double barrel gun. I'm sure I'm sure. Oh, that, I think that was the DT4. Yeah, oh, double, double barrel snipers. You heard it here first. Because uh, <laughs> that's what we need. <laughs> Can you imagine? That would be hilarious. Would you put scope in the middle or do you just have scope either side? You just like that. <laughs> Goggles. <laughs> Twice the headshots. Live. <laughs> Think of the cameras you can mount to it. <laughs> one to That's the biggest the question. And one would, to shoot the, the enemy. Would you mount one either side on either barrel, or would you just put one in the middle? You do one either side in case one missed, surely. 
<laughs> I mean, you never miss, but in case you missed. Um, let's swiftly go back to a topic you said earlier on, and I think this is a really good point. Um, I've got a lot of friends who played Airsoft, and they started Woodland, and they've always hated the idea of playing CQB. And I say to them, and they, 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 they talk about, oh, I'm not interested in running around or anything like that. And I'm like, CQB seems to be, in my eyes, probably one of the fairest ways of playing because it doesn't matter on your budget to an extent mm. that, like you say, you could have the newest player or someone with, you know, 1,500 quid's worth of rifle. The range and performance isn't going to be the biggest factor in these gameplays. What's your thoughts on that? Who wants to go first? We'll start with Alex. So uh, again, it depends on the site. If it's a semi-auto site and you know fire rates are completely out the window, then yeah, the, obviously the gun matters to a certain extent. How large it is, how small it is, you know, how easy it is to use in a, co- a compact environment. But that aside, yeah, it's it's entirely down to skill. Which again, as a new player, can be a little bit difficult if you're got no idea what you're doing versus someone who knows the site very well. But um, coming back to the topic you mentioned there about running around, um, if you're someone who is you know, more unfit and struggles with the, the running and long distances you might cover at Woodland site, you'll probably find CQB is actually easier on the body because there's a lot less pelt in it and running it around. And also when you do die, the, the, the walks to respawn are a lot shorter. You'll find, you know, certainly if you look at uh, urban CQB where you're fighting in buildings and corridors, you're generally not running or if you are, you're darted to the other side of the corridor, which is you're done within five, 10 meters. So I suggest to someone, if someone's sort of concerned about airsoft or CQB from a fitness point of view, you'll probably find it easier than you think. And in terms of skill, yeah, I mean, when you're a new player, it's always going to be hard, but um, you're, you're going to be a lot less held back by kit limitations. Kit will be a lot less important, although it's, you know, if, someone, if, if someone's got five tremors, they're probably going to, you know... <laughs> I was going to say... someone who owns multiple tremors, I'll put my hand up there, but, um, <laughs> yeah, it's... It, It'll never be easy, but it might be easier. Sarah, as someone who does a lot of CQB, as your, your um, favourite area of game. Well, my first, my very first experience of airsoft was a, a CQB site um, in a very small kill house, and um, I, I do remember um, when it all started screaming with laughter the entire time. <laughs> I don't know what the rest of them must have thought, but um, I think that stuck with me—the fact that it's almost more exciting than a woodland site because when I did go to woodland eventually a lot of the time I'd be walking around the site looking for someone to shoot is that a leaf no no that's a person no it's a leaf oh, I can't hear him he's too far away oh, I can't be asked with this then you fall over then you get a dirty ass then you just get fed up and pissed off it's raining and then it's just like I've had enough of this I'm gonna go and have my lunch so we live in a country which there's a lot of rain, a lot of cold. Uh, you know, woodland sites when they get muddy and stuff. Uh, I'm not going to say I don't enjoy rolling around in the mud, but an urban site is a lot less weather dependent as well. And I think that's an important thing to consider. Certainly, when you go through the winter and autumn months, that it's generally going to be the same all, all year round, really. Yeah. Pussies, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, how much you enjoy playing in the snow? <laughs> I played in the snow. That was, yeah, that was no. quite fun. Um, I know, we've both done that. <laughs> to be honest, I, I don't care where it is. I mean, urban sites are more fun. You know, they just tend to be a lot more cover and a lot more um, 
A lot more you can do with an urban site than a woodland site. It's like, oh, run over there and capture that flag. Run back over there and capture the other flag. Run over there and just keep running. That, that tends to be most woodland sites to me. I mean, not all of them, but um, <laughs> it, it, is, it is about sort of, you know, that kind of... I, I don't know why. I, I just find it's always been a lot of woodland sites adopt the paintball there we go we said it again paintball um i've adopted that format of you know it's it's airsoft but it's it's same format as airsoft as, as paintball games are whereas urban sites and cqv sites tend to i've always found i was just a little bit different i had a little bit more of an edge to them either by the nature of the site or just that you could do more and you could have more fun with them and i don't think that means that you can't do something with woodland sites because there are some good ones out there that, that try and do a little bit more but on the whole i've always found them to be sort of like right there's the respawn areas there's the there's the bit you've got to go and take which has got a flag in it or, or whatever and it's um yeah it's just it's always kept a lot simpler and probably because it's easier to run and I, I don't know if again alex found that running a cqb site is more hard work or you have to kind of you know, sort of up the game of it a little bit. I, I know that I certainly did when, when I ran an indoor site that it was right. It's going to be that you're limited by the fact it's the same format pretty much every time because you can't move the buildings around. You can't move the structures too much. So you have to think, how can you make it more interesting and, and make multiple games out of one more limited area, if that makes sense? I think it's that topic I've touched on before where it, it does become a lot more dependent on the scenario you're running because that is the way you bring variance into the day. It's not necessarily the game zone unless you're lucky enough to have something that is a lot larger where you've got different bits you can use. I'm going to throw the other one out there. I much prefer Woodland. I love a good CQB site, uh, but I find that they get repetitive <laughs> well it's not even i mean you know, my staff has been in parts for weeks and my svd is still a wall hanger but uh i just find that cqb sites for me personally they can get repetitive i couldn't go to the same cqb site twice a month for six months i just i'd go crazy on there whereas i can go to woodland sites and know that i'm going to get a different type of gameplay but again i prefer the woodland sites where they don't take that paintball approach and they take more of a battle sim long you know for the first five hours will be one kind of mission or a couple of missions, but you're kind of out on site as much as possible than the shorter games. Um, and again, I'm, I'm a biker all year round, so the weather doesn't really bother me. <laughs> and I'll play whether it's minus five or 35. And I, does, I do think that does, um, that does all comes down to what type of person you are, whether you want to play out in the rain or not. Um, so let's, switch the conversation over towards sites and actually into the, the main topic so to speak of obviously alex you've taken over sites six months which seems crazy it feels like it's gone really fast i'm not sure how you feel about it at this point um but talk us through you know what's it like for you running a site on a especially on a, a more of a you know twice a month basis on these events um harder than you would think i think it's more so because there's just so many different things that you you don't see um, as a player until you try, until you try and organise something like, yeah, you know, the mainstays of, of all airsoft sites out there are things like you know big oil oil cans, the blue barrels, uh, you know, there are bits of cover which are pretty much used everywhere. It's actually harder than you think to try and find those because every other uh, airsoft, I'm saying the word again, paintball site, uh, go kart site, all those things are trying to say, yeah, we'll have your tyres. You've got to really hunt 
and that's the easy stuff. Like when you start to get towards the logistics of like, you know, a hire company bringing out portaloos, it sounds completely, you know, boring. Believe me, it is. But <laughs> it, it, there's so many different things to think about. Um, but I think the hardest thing is we're at a point now where, I mean, airsoft is definitely on the way up. The amount of sites that are out there now is insane. And certainly in Kent, I think is is spoils. There are so so many in Kent. Um, and that sort of extends into Surrey and Essex as well. Um, so the harder thing, well, it's hard running it with all the logistics, but also it's trying to make a name for yourself and making the site good in terms of what you're doing. Um, and that that's in part down to doing something different and doing something unique that draws people to it. And the other side is um, sort of getting people to you. And that the reason why Kent has so many sites is because Kent has loads of airsoft players. Um, yeah. But those are all airsoft players that have a site they go to. And you'll know yourselves, you'll have your favourite sites and you've got your friend groups there, you know the marshals, you know the layout. Uh, it makes it easier to win. And and people love playing the same site. Again, like I said, I, I, Epsom was my home site. I would go there as much as I could. And it's quite hard to draw people away from that. Uh, and I don't blame them because, you know, if you've got your home, it's quite hard to give it up. Um, I, I try as much as I can to play as many sites as possible. So... If I play at a site and I like it, and if I really like it, I still probably won't go back there for three or four months because I'll try another one and another one. I'll sort of have a rotation. Yeah. And I would certainly, if you're one of those players perhaps listening and thinking, I, you know, you play the same site week in, week out, have a look around. Even within your county, you're going to find seven other sites and just sort of try and keep a rotation going because it will make you a much better player rather than playing the same thing over and over again. Go into new sites, new structures, new environments. It, it will improve you as a player. And sort of you know support the other sites as well so for us the main challenge is that is trying to convince all these other people that have their sites that they really enjoy to say i know you like that site but you'll probably like us as well and i would say we've mm. i touched on it before that we are a really small site we're not your usual site we, we we're capped at 40 players uh, geographically we're small um we're probably not the sort of site where you'd go right i'm going there every week you know we're the site where you go right oh i'm gonna go there this month and then maybe go back in a few months time um, and I think that's how we're, we're doing quite well in that we are different. I think another good example of that is a Rift have a site called the Bomb Dump, which is a really quirky oh, yeah. site, a really cool site. But it, in the same way as us, it's quite small and limited. So to, to regimentally play there all the time, it's quite difficult. Um, so it's one of those ones where you play there and I'll play there and go back to it again. Um, and I think that's how we draw in people, not necessarily to have us as a regular site, but a site where they go, you know what? We've got a few of us that can play this month. Let's go there. Um, and I think in terms of unique selling point, we the Fort and Reprops Airsoft are two different entities. Reprops Airsoft is the company and the Fort is the site, and that's what we're running. And by like we're in our first six months, we are looking in the future to try and do events at, you know, the, I know it's a bit cliche, but doing things at Longmore and other stuff and, and expanding. And oh. for us trying to... Ooh, um, <laughs> For us trying to expand the um, the company, it's large in part in, in making a name for ourselves. And we're doing that in two ways. One, trying to do a very good job at the fore. And the other thing is that there's a lot of companies out there that either have ex-military or, or military um, influence. Uh, Sterling is the obvious the obvious example of that. Yeah. They do Milsim really well. Nobody can follow them on that. The, 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 the military style stuff, the, the foreign theatres of war, absolutely spot on um but there are a lot of companies that do that and for us we 
we've got quite close ties with the uh, the Metropolitan Police Airsoft Club, and because of that, quite a few of our staff are not only police officers, but we've got quite a lot of either current or former police firearms officers. So that is another side of sort of the CT and combat world, which generally hasn't been touched too much in the in um, UK airsoft. So as we look towards the events, and certainly we've got a, a special event which we've just launched tonight for later this year, we're taking things and rather than fighting in the Middle East, which has been done a lot, because <laughs> it, it sells, it's good. Um, we are trying to base stuff in a UK theatre of operations where we can and doing things like counter-terror simulations because it's nice. not been done before. That is our unique selling point, but that is more of a reprops thing rather than a thought thing. And this special event later this year is going to be the first time we see that. And then we've sort of taken all the different things that we want to, put them into one event, and then if it works, we will then try and grow those individually. So like the counter-terror simulations is only part of the weekend that we're doing. If it goes well, try and do that as a whole event in future if there's enough appetite for it. And likewise, the other parts. Sorry. No, no that sounds uh, no, that sounds wicked. Uh, and I think you're right. I mean, we do have a lot of the Middle Eastern events, uh, especially on the, the Battle of Milton front. So I'm trying to think if there are any, if I can remember any real counter-terrorism style events. I can't think of anything. I'm trying to think whether anything happened with the gunman events where they did stuff like that. I know we've always had like the police of it, police turning up as a faction in one way or another, but never anything based on that. So that's a really cool way of going from it. I think a, um, so Britak have got an event coming up at Coco Down, um, which is Coco Down. Any opportunity to play there is, is brilliant. Um, <laughs> yeah. They've got a police faction in that and they're doing a, a UK themed event for the first time as well, but it, it's tied into their main Milsom series they run, which is Middle Eastern. And the idea is that the, the fighters from there have managed to get some sleeper cells into the UK and now the combat's happening on your front door, basically. Um, so I think that one of the, probably one of the reasons why it's not happened, because, you know, if you look at Longmore and Copel Down, they are more more European-styled than the Middle East. The reason yeah. why we go for the Middle East is because, certainly when you look at Milton, when you're trying to do realism, um, the UK isn't a war zone it's very hard to write a backstory or, or make something believable, like an all-out combat in the UK, because, you know, you open the window and go, wait, no, there's, um, there's kids playing in the street. It's not, it's not a war zone. Um, in, infiltration ops, yeah. I would say, would probably been the nearest to that, as Jim will remember, which was more of a yep. dystopian, the government's collapsed. It's almost like Brexit. <laughs> well, it, it's funny you mention that. The, the, the way I, because I was sitting there thinking, right, I need to do something UK themed. I need to somehow crowbar all these other, these different camos in that people are going to wear because it's a camo rules game. Yeah. And I need to make it believable. How, how can I do that? And the answer we've come up with is we've created something called Dereliction, which is going to be our series of events going forward that we can take to different sites. Cool. And it, on our website, it's written out a lot more eloquently and longer. But basically, the idea is it, it's 2021. There's been some nuclear attacks in the UK. People are displaced, resources are dwindled, and we're now into a post-apocalyptic stage where you've got this sort of renegade military units that have splintered off and are now trying to vie for the resources and control of the country. And you've also got all the civilians that are going away. No, no, that's that's not cool. And you've got the, sort of the police that have tagged onto that. So we've got, on the one side, you know, a team that can we can put in multicam, MTP, desert camera, and all those things. And also we can make it believable because we can say it's post-apocalyptic all these uh, people are together, they're mashed together, it's not one unit. And on the other side, we can say, you know, all the people that run police loadouts in grey or navy, and then all the people that run civilian camo or that sort of, you know, outdated DPM, yep, you're all together. And it's kind of, yep. oh, 
It's a very nice website, that. Um, it, it, it's all gone together sort of quite nicely, and we've got those two sides. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how it goes because, well, it's not we've not done it before. Yeah, um, and that'll be your first weekend event, right? It will, and that is because we've got a small site. We can't really run stuff overnight, and it's not a big site. So we've got that basically Saturday, and Sunday. Sunday is that dereliction main event where it's um, it's camo rules. It's not a battle sim. It's got elements of battle sim to try and make it a little bit more tactical. Uh, that runs the whole day. Um, the Saturday, however, <coughs> where I mentioned that, we've basically taken everything we wanted to do and put it into one. That's basically the Saturday. So we've got a, a sniper competition for the RBLI charity, which is always a bonus. Um, uh, the best way I can describe things is by using references, so I apologise for that. But I'm going to guess that most people, certainly out of you three and who are watching this, have played Call of Duty 4 at some point. I know I have. The first level in that, um, can you remember it's like the mock-up of the cargo ship um, yes. in the hangar and you run around and all you've got to do is you've got to do it within a certain time and it goes, yes, you can move on to the next mission. But what most of us did was, no, it needs to do that faster, 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 and then spend four hours trying to get it down to like 10 seconds. Um, <laughs> we've got that at one point of the day as well. Um, so we're running a car boot, so we've got basically little different bits that you can do whatever you want, drop in and out or go and drink in the campsite, that's fine. Um, so we've got our tunnel network and we're going to recreate that, albeit it's not in a ship loadout, using not only those targets that you saw in that, but also friends targets. We're using the real ones that the SF use so that you've actually, you can't just run around and go target, bang, target, bang. You've actually got to go, fuck, I've just shot a woman by mistake who had no gun. <laughs> um, it, it, you've actually got to watch it. We'll put some pyro in as well to make it interesting. And that's a time trial. Uh, again, uh, that's for charity. RBLI, get the money from that. There's prizes, which is quite cool. And then my, my favourite bit, which is the, the biggest, it might work, it might not, but hopefully it will work, is the, the counter-terror simulations, which is, again, using the people we've got from uh, MPAC to draw on from the police experience. We've created scenarios, which is supposed to sort of mirror the sort of stuff that either the SAS, if they were deployed on CT operations in the UK, or the sort of police SFO, ALA teams would deal with. Um, we've got four scenarios encompassing different bits. One of them is a hostage siege. We've got to put that out there. <laughs> but then rather than it being two teams or two large teams, uh, this is completely, it doesn't matter what team you signed up for for the main event, in your groups of four to six, so if you've got your mates with you or joining with some others, you go in as that small fire team and the other team are all actors. They're not actors from an agency. They're marshals and police officers. Please don't take that as an incentive. Um, <laughs> you're going to be playing the role of playing the roles of attackers, hostages, civilians, etc. And it's with sort of part of these scenarios that you've actually got to think, you know, someone might run towards you and actually it's someone running away from someone who's got a gun. It's going to be a hell of a lot of trigger control. Uh, it's going to be heavily, that will be real cap for those that enjoy that. No and drum mags. No drum up. mags. No, no, <laughs> no high caps even. Um, and yeah, all these other things to try and make something different. So it might work, it might not. Hopefully. That sounds, sounds re work. really cool, really cool, and it's good to see. Um, and like you say, you you guys haven't started in a place which is, you know, vacant of airsoft sites. You guys have hit in a, what is arguably probably the most popular county or the most populated county of airsofters. I mean, arguably, we've got to be one of the biggest for sure. Oh, certainly, um, like Kent and the southeast in general, we are we are small. I know there's sites across across the UK, but yeah, absolutely, it, it's just insane. And I, I I don't live in Kent; I live in Surrey, and I had never played at a Kent site until we start uh, started running the fort. 
and I went over there and suddenly realised what in Victor. <laughs> Christ, there's this whole other untapped market that other, not untapped market, sorry, like as in sites that I'd never been to play at. Yeah, um, and I'm sure you you probably noticed that as well that you'll you'll suddenly realise crap. They've, I've never heard of that before, and yeah, I think the Jim, moment you start going further afield, there's so much more out there. Yeah, Jim, obviously we've got a wonderful, a wonderful shop only a few miles away. I have no idea what you're talking about, <laughs> Jim. As someone who works on, you know, I think you've got four or five sites you guys set up on now. Uh, something that Alex said earlier was about you know trying to entice players who have a home. What's been? What's your thoughts of, of going to these sites? Do you see the same faces? I'm starting to see almost more and more people want to roam, but it does mean it only tends to be players who have been playing, you know, five, six months. They've got their Yukara. Finally, they've had to go to the same place for several times to get their Yukara, and then they start to roam. Are you, when you go to sites, are you seeing the same faces week in, week out, or do you go to different sites and see, you know, someone from a different place? Airsofters are just disloyal. Some of them are. Um, yeah, it's, it's weird. I, I usually see it more between um, that divide of fair weather airsofters versus, you know, oh, it started to rain again. I'm going to pack all my stuff up and I won't see you for, for six months. I think there's a lot more of that. Um, yeah. I think in Kent, there, yeah, there is lots of, of airsoft sites, but... I would make the argument that they are all very, very different. Yes. Um, each one offers something completely unique to the next. I mean, there are some sites that I think mm -hmm. suit better to to new players, um, you know, first-timers, places like Ace Combat and Call Under Fire, where it's not labour-intensive in terms of, you know, it's all on a flat. There's no, no hills to climb or, or, you know, if you want something that's tougher, then you've got Invicta, which is on a gradient for the most part and, and you're sort of you're not playing up and down, but you're actually sort of playing along the side of a, a, a of a of a gradient. I think it's the best way to, to yeah. Uh, Same thing like Bush Valley, isn't it? Yeah, and then you have got Bush Valley, which is is sort of a bit flat, and then rolling terrain, and um, and then that's that has its own sort of unique challenges. And, and Reaper Ops is um, or the Fort rather, it, it's an extremely unique site. Um, being an old Napoleonic Fort, I mean. There was only other one other Napoleonic fault that you could play airsoft that in Kent, and and that's long since gone. Yeah. Um, but you know that faults aren't um, faults were never built so you could fight in them. Weird, you know. They, <laughs> they were designed so they kept the fighting out for the most part. Um, yeah. So it's really interesting to see what um, what Alex and Dan and the rest of the guys there have done with it to make it that much more playable. Um, to the point of it's the only site shop I've ever gone and done where you literally have a window that I can look out of and see people running around shooting each other. I'm <laughs> in a safe zone kind of removed from the action. And, and it was also the first time I've ever had to pack up under fire. Um, <laughs> that was unique. Um, but it was so much fun. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you do get, those sort of groups of guys, little cliques of guys that will go out and they'll they'll play. Usually when a, there's a new site, when the new site opens, that's when I tend to see it's like, oh, it's the same old guys that will go out and, and check out what a new site's got to offer. Mm. Um, and then there are those people that just take a lot longer to get round. Or, yeah. you know, the, the problem is there are only so many Sundays in the month. And 
we run Saturday games. <laughs> <laughs> um, exactly. But there are so many, there's so many sites, not enough game dates on. No, absolutely. Um, and it just makes it really, really difficult for some people to get around, or it falls on their their odd work day, so they they can only yeah. go to to certain sites and not others. And it, it's it's really, really tricky. So I think there are sometimes those people that seem like oh, they only play at one site, um, or the home team is sometimes sort of more by force than it is by design. Yeah. Um, because it's you know, or it's because they can only get to that site because you know, otherwise they need lifts or. The weird one I've always found is people that aren't prepared to drive, you know, to to a site. It's like, oh no, that can't can't go down to Redemption. That's down in Portsmouth. That's miles away. And it's like, okay, but you'll go to Birmingham or somewhere like that for, you know, an event. But they they won't sort of drive to what is actually, as the crow flies, a, a nearer site. Um, and I don't know if that's true down at AAA where there's a lot. I mean, I know a lot of people that go, oh, can't go down to Dover. That's crossing that Canterbury line. You can't go any, <laughs> any further past Dover or any further north past Watford. It's just that little catchment area that you've got to be in. I don't know. I mean, the guys I was speaking to at the weekend, they come all the way from Greenwich. And that seems to be the marker for AAA because there was another set of people that came and they'd come from London as well. So, yeah, that seems to be as far as they seem to go. It's just people um, avoiding that Dartford crossing. You know, they can't yeah. spend the 10 pounds on that. Just can't. Yeah. <laughs> you never know that's what time you're going to get home. Applied. Essex and you, Kent. Just you never know what time you're going to get home at that point. You never know if you're going to make it to the event. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Alex, before we go, when is the event and how can people get involved in that and read more about it and kind of book, of course, and take it's, a booking? A couple of minutes ago, I started giggling. Um, we, we launched the booking for that event at 8 p.m. tonight to specifically coincide with this broadcast, seeing as I was mentioning it. Um, and we've only had information online about it for like the last fortnight or so, and that was limited. Uh, Dan, who is the other half of Reprox, just mentioned to me to say, Hi, Alex, just to let you know, half of the tickets are now already sold, and there's only 20, <laughs> 22 spaces Whoa. left. Wow. Oh, wow. something's going right. Um, so if you want to try and get on the remaining 50 ticket, uh, 50 percent of tickets, uh, don't hang about. Um, but the event is on the 31st of August and uh, 1st of September. So it's not the bank holiday weekend, it's the one afterwards. Uh, we're in Kent, like it seems most sites. Um, 45 pounds as well, which I think is quite good for a weekend. Uh, but reprops.com is the website. Um, we are on Air no, not Airsoft. We're on Facebook as Reprops Airsoft. Rather than the fort, if you search for the fort, you won't find us. Um, there is another fort up in Scotland. So far, it's not a cause of confusion because they're far enough apart. But uh, yeah. three props. <laughs> um, there's a booking page on there. It's all done in uh, online. Putting your details, pay via PayPal because we all love PayPal. Then it's just done and dusted. Uh, the link is in the comments. I can see, and it's below, just below me, about here. That's it. Um, but they've got a lot of information on the Facebook page as well, with pictures and all that. Awesome. Um, there's one thing I forgot to say, which is really cool, and I, I just I feel I should push this guy guy's business because I've booked him, which means I, I know I like him. Um, <laughs> we, we, for the player party, we want to have a bar on site, but we're our campsite is in the middle of a field, so getting a mobile bar to a campsite in the middle of a field at an airsoft site is actually quite hard. Um, and a lot of companies, bar contractors, when you try and sell it to them, get a little bit 
I don't know, apprehensive. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a guy called Spencer who's ex-forces who loves craft beer, so he started his own mobile bar company. Uh, because he's ex-forces, he bought a Land Rover Defender, has built the bar into the Land Rover, so it's got all the like the taps along the along the sides, the proper bar, tents, <laughs> tables, cool. everything. And he will he's gonna so at the weekend that we've got him booked, so he's coming. So it's just I think sorry, I will bring it back a moment. Bar Land Rover. <laughs> yeah. Land Rover Bar. <laughs> Please drink responsibly. Please drink responsibly. <laughs> and if you are over the age of eighteen. <laughs> Well, with that one, I need to find out what this bar looks like. So I'm going to have a look online. And it's good right now. It's called the Beer Dispensary. The Beer. It looks really cool. <laughs> so now we've just oh, well, there we go. To yeah, go everyone's going to look at beer now. Yeah. Uh, Literally, be the last very... places to be. I just come for the beer and drove. That is very cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> definitely, definitely check that out. That's wicked. Do you have the facility to show a picture of it? Just so uh, I, I'm looking now for a, a photo on the Instagram to, to share for sure. Go on, Jim. What were you about to say? I was just going to ask you said about having a, a car boot there on the, the Saturday. Does that mean if you haven't booked in for the event that you'll be unable to attend the, the car boot side of it, or, or how does that work? So uh, the car boot sale is running in tandem to several of the other events like the Sniper Challenge and the Kid House thing where you can drop in and out and do it as many times as you want. So uh, the car boot sale, open to everyone, free. You don't need to be an event hot ticket holder. You can just come down to do the car boot, but you obviously can't necessarily participate in the games. Um, if you're an event ticket holder, you can obviously you're there anyway, but you can also set up a stall for free. If you're not a ticket holder and you'd like to set up a stall and sell stuff, send me an email. Uh, which is just sales at reprops.com, and I'm sure we can do that. Um, there is also going to be a trade store from a wonderful retailer that are not only an airsoft company, but also a registered firearms dealer, and they do military surface and all those other things. And I think they're called platoon stores. I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> Dave Morato be there. Um, so you've got that side of things as well. I swear people think I just we get people on just to hawk what I do and it's like it's not, <laughs> not the, I think when you do something well people will say it anyway well I appreciate yeah, it unless you're special airsoft suppliers and then you get special groups oh. made for you I, I, so when I very like years ago I remember looking at that website thinking fuck me that's an old website and I, and I just never bought anything from there and I've only recently come across the, the complete controversy over that company uh, that is definitely a conversation for another show. But yeah, if you just search special airsoft supplies, um, everything you need is on Google. It's an amazing, wonderful thing. <laughs> Alex, thank you so much for joining us, guys. Make sure you do check out Reprops. If you're in the Kent area or even surrounding area, definitely go check out Reprops at the Fort. And of course, the Weekender, half the tickets are already sold, so definitely check that out. Alex, I look forward to coming back there sometime soon for sure, and I hope you have a great event. Well, thank you very much. If you do want to join us, our next normal skirmish game is on the 7th of July, and that is a £20 if you pre-book, £25 on a day, um, and you'll get a taste of the fourth. Yeah, highly recommend it. Sarah, Jim, what are you guys up to this week? Anything amazing happening? 
Um, well, my bushcraft got rained off last Wednesday, so <laughs> I'm doing that. Happen. <laughs> How does a bushcraft get rained off? Well, it's, it was oh the survival God. part of it, so nobody wanted to do it. I was like, pussies. I was. I really wanted oh, to do yeah, it. Oh, yeah, it's the but... corporate do, isn't it? That's why. Yeah, but yeah. I've now got an appointment with HR for <laughs> using language to our colleagues. <laughs> no, we're do I'm doing it this week now, so, yeah, gonna do it in the we're going to boil instead of get soaked, so <laughs> it should be fun. Well, enjoy that one. <laughs> Rained off bushcraft. That is just two things I I'd never thought I'd hear. <laughs> Jim, you got anything planned this week, mate? Um, I've got loads planned this week. Uh, obviously, there's the the other project, the non airsoft related project, which will be yes. taking up a lot of time. And then this weekend, I am at a airsoft site. I can't remember which one. It's Bush either. Valley. Uh, yes, yeah, oh, that there is this go. weekend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Um, don't we've got like three different events on this weekend, and but yeah, I'll be at um at the SEO Milson. Um, yeah, yeah, very cool, Alex. Since you're not playing or not running the game this weekend, you got anything planned this week? I do, and it is called the day job, sadly. Um, I, <laughs> I'm working all weekend. <laughs> Well, enjoy that one. You can, uh, I'd say, you can rest up for the next weekend, but that doesn't happen either, does it? Really? <laughs> no, really. If I'm lucky, I might get to play one game. And that'll <laughs> well, thank you so much once again for coming on, guys and girls. Thank you so much for watching Airsoft Radio. Next week we have Phil Bucknell, so Clearwater Airsoft coming on live. Uh, it should be a very fun conversation. Someone who's been in Airsoft quite a while. Someone who likes his Gucci gear for sure. Uh, and it should be a fun conversation. That will be on next Monday at 8 p.m. Until then, guys, have a great week, and we shall see you next week. Bye for now. Bye. <laughs>